Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to Willard and Diggs. Take it away, Mark. Okay, Steph, coming to see you tonight. Coming to see you tonight. Warriors Raptors, Chase Center. Uh, and uh, as Bonte called it, maybe a good distraction heading into a big weekend. Kind of like what you're doing with your face right now. What's there, wrong? Diddly. What's wrong with that, Mark? Nothing's wrong. I love it. I couldn't love it more. I think you probably should do every show for the rest of your yeah, life. Exactly like it. you're doing it right now. If you're not on YouTube, get there because uh, this needs a name. This is like a new persona for you. What are you? A, double, a little bit of my, yeah, uh, like my double Ray Charles, my Stevie you, Wonder. Call you Double D or something yeah, like that. Geez. I should save this for Steiny because, I mean, there are a lot of things that bother Matt Steinmetz, but I would say on Mount really annoys me more <laughs> would be sunglasses indoors. Sunglasses inside. Because well, goo, goo will go with the sunglasses a lot, and... Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that just irks and, and rankles my good friend Matt Steinman. It's uh, he. There's no way we can upset him today because we're about to talk uh, to Ike Reese, and therefore yeah. uh, Steiny is going to be all excited about that. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, just like a conversation with the great Ike Reese, former Eagles linebacker and host at WIP in Philly. Hey, Ike, good day. What's going on? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? You know what, man? We're ready. We're we're, we're ready for this one. Sounds I mean, like I, Ike's ready too. He's yeah. got his game day voice already locked in. <laughs> yeah, look at you or listen to you. I guess would be the better thing to say. <laughs> well, I just believe me, the thought of running down the field and hitting somebody hurts. Just the thought of it. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in game mode just yet. Maybe Sunday around two thirty, I'll get there. How you feeling though, Ike? Is this and and I don't you know listen now you're in, you're a former player you're a media guy in in the in the town so I'm sure we know where your heart is sitting. Where's your confidence sitting? Uh, confidence is sitting pretty good. You know I won't sit here and tell you that it's a it's a lock that the Eagles are going to win Sunday because I don't really believe that. Um, I I've always liked liked the 49ers football team. It's sort of the way that they play, the identity that they've embraced and how they play the game of football. Being a defensive player, it, it, it's sort of that style of football where we want to try to beat you up and everybody is physical. So I, I got a healthy respect uh, for the 49ers and what they've done this year. And I don't think Sunday's game is going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, this will be by far the best opponent uh, the Eagles have faced this year. And uh, I would dare to say if they're able to win uh, Sunday, it would be the best win uh, under Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts uh, as a as a uh, tandem. So, uh, got a lot of respect for the 49ers and what they've done, not just this year, but what they've done over the last three to four years. So, you know, going to three conference championship games in four years, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, they got a great, great organization out there, great program in which they're running. So, um, believe me, uh, I'm a little different than some of our fans. Our fans feel pretty good uh, about Sunday. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we're going to have to play our best game to win Sunday. When you look as a defensive player at what the Niners do with a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of pre-snap movement, a lot of motions and shifting, what's the biggest challenge that you face defensively in terms of stopping the Shanahan scheme? I think the pre-snap recognition, you know, understanding what Kyle uh, Shanahan is trying to do uh, with his personnel groupings, then with the formations that he gives you uh, when they initially line up, and then when you start getting shifts and motions. Because a lot of those things 
are there to, to cause confusion. It reminds me a lot of what uh, the Rams do, and I know they're from sort of that same tree with Sean McVay. Uh, they, they've all coached together, so they get you doing a lot of mental gymnastics prior to the snap to see if they can find an advantage or disadvantage for you somewhere, whether it's running the football or throwing the football. Uh, you, have, you have to be assignment uh, sound and assignment perfect pre-snap, knowing what you're supposed to do. So, to me, the Eagles, um, if they're going to win this game Sunday, they will have done their homework this week getting prepared for all of those things, being ready for all of those types of uh, shifts in motion. He's a former Eagle linebacker. He's a host of WIP in Philly. Ike Reese joining us here on Weathered and Dibs, 95-7 the game. Ike, I feel like, and this is, it's normal, it's a playoff game, so we're going to talk about the two quarterbacks and the matchup and all this. I feel like because Brock Purdy is this weird story out of the seventh round that just showed up halfway through the season, that uh, in turn, we, we make it sound like Jalen Hurts has been in the league for eight years um, and, and and has all this huge resume. Are, are we getting ahead of ourselves on a guy who clearly had a great year, but he's also real damn new to the party, too? Yeah, I, I think, you know, some things, I guess, I, I, depending on how you view Jalen and whether or not you think he's arrived or he still has a little bit of ways to go, I tell you what, he doesn't believe he's arrived. Uh, that's the great thing about that young man, that he is grounded, he's focused, and uh, I think that has permeated throughout the locker room. So he, he's a great leader from intangibles from that standpoint for this team. Uh, obviously, it's a big game for him. I, I think the one thing with Jalen is that, um, you know, he also has a college resume that people can identify. And because and, they watched him on the biggest stage in college as well, Alabama to Oklahoma, being a Heisman runner-up. So although he hasn't had a ton of postseason success, uh, in the league so far, uh, in his short time, uh, and under the circumstances which he, he arrived to where he's at right now, I think people put a lot of credence into that. So, And I think that's where people can sometimes uh, miss that he's not as experienced or seasoned as it may appear, but because of the way he carries himself and the fact that I think he's won I think he's won 24 out of the last 25 games that he started. So he's won a lot of football games over the last two years. I think people will, will are more willing to put him in or view him as a seasoned vet versus Brock Purdy, only because of Brock Purdy's story not being as celebrated or Harold coming out. We know the Mr. Relevant part, being a seventh-round draft pick and those types of things. I think that's because of the, I guess because of the view or the perception of the two, can some, for some people be a great distance between the two. Jalen almost gets put in a position where he's already achieved something that puts him in a class with those guys. When in reality, he'll even tell you that he still has a lot of work to do. And as far as team goes, they certainly haven't finished the job yet. Yeah, and 24 of 25 in the regular season, and out here, we bask in the one loss that Jalen Hurts had this year. So uh, we, <laughs> we discard all those those cute little wins, but we're focused on the loss. I, I want to ask you, Ike, about this Niners defense, a, a former defensive player yourself, an appreciator of linebacker play. When you see Fred Warner running around for the 49ers, do you see him as one of the best linebackers in football? Without a doubt, and has been for the last couple of years, yeah. Without a doubt, uh, a three-down player, um, a guy who makes plays not only in the run game, uh, playing downhill fast, but can go east to west, sideline to sideline running, and then has the ability to cover the middle of the field if necessary, be it man-to-man or zone coverage. Um, he, he's, I'm pretty sure he's probably what every defensive coordinator would want <laughs> uh, in their linebacker. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect uh, for Fred for Fred and the way that he plays the game uh, when you're watching play. Like I said, I, he's a true difference maker. And in, in, in today's game, it's hard to be a difference maker at that position if you aren't a blitzing linebacker, if you aren't always rushing the quarterback. The thing with Warner, he makes plays in the passing game as well as the run game. So, um, and, and Greenlaw's not bad himself either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. All those linebackers, man, they they, they all fly around. And I, last week, I'm watching that game against Dallas, and there must have been 
a series or two where 57 and 54 must have made every play for like six straight plays. It was one or the other, and one or the other guy made a play, whether it was in the running game or the passing game. So, and I'm, I'm not surprised uh, when you think about uh, John Lynch as a, as a talent evaluator, D'Amico out there as a coach, they had Robert Sala out there as a coach. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they put a premium on on that position. I'll tell you, yeah, I, Fred Warner's game last week might be one of the best games I've ever seen a linebacker play. It was just play after play after play, and really not a whole lot of misses. Um, so, tell you what, I know uh, all the fan base out here appreciates your eyes on that. Oh, yeah. And this should be one hell of a matchup uh, for sure this weekend. Thank you so much for spending some time with us to get us ready. Oh, no problem, man. Uh, and for all your fans that are coming out here, come out here, enjoy the city. It's a wonderful city. Enjoy it. Take in the sights. Don't put any jerseys on the Rocky statue. We don't really like that. That usually leads to a beatdown. And uh, come huh. Sunday, I wish you guys all the luck. But uh, it's go green all day Sunday. Hey, Ike, oh, I, I, I was about to say something nice about you, but now I'm going to go ahead and hold that back. <laughs> well, no, hey, Ike. I, I thought we had to end it on the right. We were being too friendly with each other. Yeah. Like I, had to get I mean, it's all family here. I, I do want you to protect those pipes because you're sounding more like Doc Rivers uh, than you are the Ike Reese that I know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because I do a lot. I guess my wife always tells me I I don't necessarily talk with a with, with a lot librarian's voice. I, I, I <laughs> Talk as if I'm in a stadium all right. the time. Hey, yeah. Loud House yeah. is a good house. I, I agree. Hey, but Ike, I'm glad you gave us a little bit of a punch to the ribs on the way out. Can I can I send one back, but it's not directed at you. It's directed at these terrifying Eagles fans. Like when you said don't put a jersey on, I was so thankful you said the Rocky statue. Right. Because there's also this idea that a 49er fan can't wear their jersey to the Lynx Sunday because they're going to get beat up or it's so intimidating. No. It's not. You guys are a bunch of actual cupcakes out there. You know that, right? Man. <laughs> listen, we, listen, the reputation has been earned. I, I, won't, I won't deny that. But it's not as bad as it has been portrayed. Wear your jerseys. Enjoy rooting for your team. You are welcome in our house. Just make sure you realize you're a guest. Wipe your feet off before you come in. Say please, say thank you, and if you happen to win, be a gracious winner and don't antagonize the fans. That'll be the at come and enjoy rooting for your team. Yeah. We're a hospitable city. Our fans are great, man. Our fans are great. Ike, I've been told that the statue actually has now been called the Brocky statue. <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't want to see that Brock Purdy jersey. <laughs> okay. Uh, you better guard that statue now. Brocky Balboa, we're <laughs> coming right. to town. All right. Hey, Ike, uh, you, you're a treat, man. Thanks for doing it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. All right. There he goes. Ike Reese, former Eagle and a current host at WIP. And I'm glad he said what he said. Put your jersey on and go to the game. Don't put it on that statue. Oh, Terry, we're going to this, that. No, you're not. You're going to get nachos and shut up and watch the game. Root for your team. I'll agree with them on one end. This is what I would say to Bonte and Joe. If, <clears throat> when, the 49ers win at 6.15 Eastern time in Philadelphia, just head for the exit. Quietly head for the exit. Just, I mean, you don't need to not speak. Uh, Who is more likely to uh, puff up their chest following a Niner victory and maybe maybe catch an errant uh, fist or two? Bonte. Bonte. Do you want to think about that? No. You want to mull that one over? No. Well, Joe will be busy shooting the video, you right? You come with the king. You best not miss. That, Joe's going to shoot the video. And then uh, Bonte. Bonte knows how to peacock now. He knows about what peacock. Not my Bonte. And he's, you know, he's 6'5". So he can walk out. I mean, he'll be fine. They'll be fine. But... Don't just don't antagonize it. We do not need um, an antagonization sensation. We don't need that. That's a buck. Yeah, it is. And thank you to Ernie Chavez for reminding me about the Brocky statue on the YouTube feed because, uh, yes, and there's been a lot of that put out there and like the Brocky poster with uh, Brock Purdy's face on Rocky Balboa's body and the old Rocky movie poster. Yep. That's been a very popular meme. And uh, I know it's low-hanging fruit and it's too easy, but when Ike was talking about the Rocky statue, I didn't know that people went up there and tried to put jerseys on there. But oh, that that's, is, a, that's a thing. That yeah. is a way that you could catch a beatdown. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> no, I can't wait for this thing, man. I really can't. I mean, because to be honest with you, and there's a point I've heard get made about both teams. 
that just I, I it's just annoying to be honest. Oh, they haven't played anybody. Who do you want them to play? Two easiest schedules uh, in terms of strength of opponents in the National Football League, Mark. You, you do not. That's a fact. You don't get that in the National Football League. These two teams. Love it when you go with formal. Oh, right. In the National Football League. 14 and 3 with a quarterback injury, and the 49ers are 13 and 4 with two quarterback injuries. And you go to the internet and read everything you read. I don't care which team you're rooting for. You get to the end of these teams' stories. And that's what you came up with? Oh, well, they didn't really beat anybody. That's what you came up with. That's your take on either of these teams and why the other one is going to win. I understand that the Vikings happened. So, sure, it happens. But it's insanely rare. You don't win 13 and 14 games in an NFL season if you're actually a fraud. It it it, it rarely, if ever, happens. Well, That's and number we one. We saw Minnesota this year, and they were probably the closest thing to what you're talking yes. about in the regular season because they won so many one-score games. They had a negative point differential, and they wound up what 12 and five in the regular year, uh, or no, 13 yeah, and four. 13 and four. So in terms of like. Fraudulent. That's about as close as you could get. And then they were exposed in the postseason. I mean, uh, yes, they were. But and to so your that's point, fair, but at, this, this is... at this point in this round, even if Minnesota was here, if Minnesota would have beaten the Giants and Minnesota would have then beaten the Niners, you couldn't have looked at Minnesota and said, oh, well, they're a fraud because well, you've gotten here. Thank you. And the problem is with this entire idea is I don't see that many teams around the league that would impress people. If you say they haven't played anyone, you're essentially telling me, well, they didn't play the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals. Every or, week. Or if they did, they lost to them, like the 49ers did. And it, obviously a very different story in their arc. Garoppolo, the quarterback, Trent Williams, and Charvarius Ward uh, compromised through injury. There's always an excuse. They got the beat down. But that was also three months ago. Um, to get to this point and look at, look at the Eagles' schedule. You're telling me that wins over the Lions, the Vikings, the Jags, the Cowboys, uh, the Green Bay Packers, the New York Giants three times. You're telling me that's unimpressive because those teams are just kind of like sevens on your scale of one to ten? That's not impressive? You go to the 49ers, especially when you factor in Brock Purdy being their quarterback, and you're telling me that three wins over Seattle – a, a, a win over the Dallas Cowboys, um, the Miami Dolphins, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, you, you're you're telling me that's not impressive? That 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 doesn't count. Like I don't know. I just the strength of schedule thing. It, we could do that in college basketball. March will be here soon. Other than that, try to tell me these two teams aren't really good, and I, I'm I'm walking away. Well, you have to be good to get to this point. And you're either the team that had the best record, Philadelphia, and won one playoff game, or you're the, a team that had a good record, good enough to host two playoff games, that you won both, and that's the Niners, and you're still alive. And you look at Cincinnati and Kansas City, and you could look at who they played and whatnot, and you could try to parse it out. But bottom line, you are one of four teams left standing, which means you won at least one playoff game, and you were good enough to win double-digit games throughout the course of the regular year. Philadelphia beat six playoff teams in the course of their regular season. They had six wins against playoff teams. The 49ers, I don't think, had that many. Well, let's think. Well, so three of those six wins were the New York Giants. You're counting the actual playoff win, too, right? No, I'm not. Regular season. Regular season wins. Regular season. So two of them were the Giants. One of them was the Cowboys. Um, who else did Philadelphia have uh, that was a uh, playoff team that they beat? Uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Detroit didn't make the playoffs, but as you know, that's that's a that's a good win. Yeah, but I didn't count that one. Okay, because they weren't a playoff team. Right, 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 right. Um, Dallas, yeah, of I, course. I mentioned that one. You got and Dallas. The Giants. You got the Giants twice. Who else? Uh, Jacksonville was Jacksonville, in there. Jacksonville, and then there should be one more. You said, oh, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Okay, that's fine. And then what did the 49ers do as far as playoff uh, wins this year? Seattle um, twice. Seattle twice. The Bucks. The Dolphins, um, the Chargers, the Chargers. So they've also got five. 
Yeah. And then both of them have beaten playoff teams, obviously, once they got into the exactly. playoffs. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the idea that somebody in, in on January 29th still needs to prove something to someone else about being good is just a weird conversation to It's make. nonsense. It's nonsense. And you talked about January 29th, and I'm glad you used the date because about... Eight weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, when Brock Purdy was becoming Brock Purdy, when he had dropped the ear from Mr. Irrelevant and became Mr. Relevant, you said, get to January 29th. This is what now is where the bar is set. Get to January 29th, be it at home or be it on the road at Philadelphia. This team is good enough. Brock has been good enough to where this is where we now set the bar. So if the Niners lose on Sunday... And we all circle back next week on Monday. We start to pick through the wreckage of a defeat. We all need to remember that this is where we set the bar. So if they beat Philadelphia, they've surpassed the level that we all, and you and I agree yeah. that yeah. get to this game is where you need to be. And it also makes you the starter next year. Exactly. I know that's a conversation for a different day, but it does. Like, um, you know, I, 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 those conversations will happen. But uh, we also have the source reports that are already out there. Like Brock Purdy has earned the, the, the right to uh, you know, have expectations this weekend. And he's earned the right to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year, no matter what happens on Sunday. Uh, all right, back to the phones. Thank you for your patience. Coach K in Vallejo with Willard and Dibbs. Coach K, what are you doing? Hey, man. I'm uh, sitting here working on my wife's car, changing her brakes. Look at you. What's Very your good? nature? Very nice. Thank That's you, impressive. Coach K. Yeah, and I'd like to change my name to Captain Obvious there, Dibs, because uh, there's, you know, Sirianni's going to come out with it. We all know he's going to come out with the RPO. And the sure way to just start chopping legs off the Eagles or the Eagles, you know what? Every time they run the RPO, have that unblocked defensive end just go and smash Jalen Hurts every single time. Don't go at the runner. Smash Jalen Hurts every time they run the RPO. And after three or four times Jalen getting smashed, they're going to go away from the RPO, and that's one that went right there for the Niners going on to their game plan. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. That's what uh, Bonta and Joe were talking about. Yeah, and I think he, they're right in terms of hits. It's quarterback hits not only when he's passing in the pocket, but when he's a ball carrier, you get extra license to go out there and lay the lumber on him. And I know you don't advocate playing outside the lines. You're a good person. You've got good morals. And <laughs> shout out Tom and Ellen for raising a fine young man. I wasn't raised that way, Mark. <laughs> I'm cut from a little bit of a different cloth where, you know, exactly. Shout out Hurricane Gale who packs a punch. My sister knocked me out more than one time. Uh, memo to Dre Greenlaw. Go ahead and take a 15. If you have a chance to take a shot, take a shot. If, if Jalen Hurts is on the apron trying to drift out of bounds... Go ahead and light him up. This is the NFC Championship game, Mark. You need to play. You need to play to win the game. And if you got to cross the line a little bit, I'm going to go ahead and give you a pass. I think you can do it within the rules. Hello. You're talking about it. You're you're a runner. Like this happened last week with Dak Prescott, and the the, the officials threw the flag, and then actually it wasn't Dak, it was a running back, and the officials threw the flag because Fred Warner clearly it was a helmet to helmet. He contacted the helmet, and he threw the flag, and the second he threw it, I'm like, what are you doing? This is, he's no protection there. Like he's flying in to get a runner who's on the move. They right. hit where they hit. Like you, I mean, and they picked it up. And they picked it up. I was proud of them. They talked about it and they picked it up. And I was like, Look that's absolutely you. right. Say it. Yeah. Say Good it. job, refs. Thank you. Good job. That was hard for you. Yes. <laughs> Hang on. I think I need to go throw. Up. I almost wore my stripes oh, today. God. I should have wore my I stripes. Throw up. I got them in the trunk. Maybe I'll go get them and put them on at the break. I clearly, I'm going to the Warrior oh, game tonight boy. because I need to oh, obviously right. need to rebuild my hatred for officials and there's nothing like a good National Basketball Association Man, game it's, uh, to make sure that your hatred of officials is in a good spot. It's tough right now. Uh, you know, the NFL, I think, does a great job in the playoffs. Obviously, you get the best of the best in terms of crews and also they, they tend to not other than the New Orleans game a few years ago, they tend to not impact games very much. A lot of times they let them play. Mm -hmm. But where we are right now in the association, and it's, it's not only the fault of the refs, 
Look at that game against Memphis the other night. All the floppery and the tomfoolery. Oh, it's the whole scene. It's, just, it's the whole scene. It's a brutal, brutal officiating yep. game right now. Yeah. I, and I, I blame I, the refs in large part, but also I blame the league for the product that we've created. Uh, Spadone, could you cut where Dibs just said, I blame the refs in large part, and let's use that every day. Don't do it, Spadone. For the rest of our lives. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. We never take people out of context here. I appreciate no, 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 no. Let's get back to the part where Mark <laughs> falls in love with Mookie Betts. My <laughs> Dodger hatred ended. I like everything Mookie Betts has done. Thank you. Uh, now, see, this is, uh, we can play that game. Boy, boy. I'm a Dodger fan. That escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Road to Glendale <laughs> is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com to apply today. Also, Weatherton Dibs is sponsored by calhope.org. Uh, those of you who want to weigh in on this, stay right where you are. We are big on all of your calls coming up next. And then, oh, 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock is coming right around the corner, and uh, we're going to get into the uh, Mad Props. Oh, I love we're it. We're going to do a Mad Props weekend with the Warriors in action, the 49ers in action. Thanks, Kyle. We're just going to have a whole lot of action this I love weekend. It. I wish that for each and every one of you. I hope each of you has action. And Mad Props is like, uh, you know, oh. Steph Curry mouthpiece throws versus Brock Purdy fumbles. Something like that. You know. Yes, exactly. But your call's next on Willard and Dibs. Is Dante DiVincenzo. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. Oh, DiVincenzo. Man, I like watching him play. He's a good, good ball player. Yeah. Hey, real quick on the dubs. Take your time. That's about enough. That's it? Let's go ahead. Did I miss the boat? I mean, real quick on the dubs, and you hit me with a three-second three, second three well, in the key. I really want to uh, I want to oh, draft boy. this correctly. It feels as if major change is afoot. What, like, what do you mean? Like, oh my God. between now and the deadline, or like between no. now and the start of next year? Yeah. Bob Myers, gone. Bigger. Joe Jacobs sells the team? <laughs> <laughs> they move back to Oakland? When I, when I say bigger. They trade Curry? I don't, no, they don't trade Steph Curry. What I mean Small. by that is it could be. it could be more than just Bob Myers. I mean, that's obvious now that something's going on. I, I, I don't know what. I like your use of a foot. Yeah. Something is a foot. I really go back to the conversation, and I heard you reference this the other day. Yeah. Bob Myers sat there in a suite uh, with us at Chase Center and was like, just encourage everybody to enjoy this year. Right. And this year, remember, not next year. No. Remember, this was, this was when the punch was still uh, in very recent memory. And everyone was trying to figure out how this team was going to get through that. And there were press conferences about losing trust and all of this and the contracts and what are they going to do? And Bob Myers was like, enjoy this year. So let me put some yes, no's to your thoughts and I'll rat-a-tat-tat you and you just tell me what you're thinking. Uh, Bob Myers leaves at the end of this season. Seems like a yes. Draymond Green opts out and plays elsewhere. Huh. That's an interesting one. Boy, that's a great question. That's an interesting one. You're not um, sure about that one. I I'm I'm going to say yes. I think that I think that the two things are are not uh unrelated by the way. Bob Myers has been Draymond Green's guy. Yes. They those, Absolutely. right he gets him through the tough moments, right? He's Bob Myers has in many a time been the guy that sort of smooths over from Steve Kerr to Draymond Green or Draymond and anyone for that matter. But he is his general manager and his therapist sometimes. And Draymond's his biggest fan yeah. as as we know from the parade when he said, "Can Bob get some MF and credit?" Right. Right. So so Bob leaves. Well, and, and Draymond and also leaves. Where does this all leave Steve Kerr? Like I don't think now I don't know that that's at the end of this year, but if that starts happening, how much longer does Steve Kerr want to be the head coach of the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. Like this is if you really want a panic meter, this is your panic this meter. This is where you start to panic. Forget the whole are oh, going to win the title for th- for the fifth time, right. like it's going to be okay if they don't, 
Right. I don't want them to miss the playoffs. I don't Heads want will them roll, Mark. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just so funny. What do we do if they don't win their fifth ring? Debs will come out. He'll say one for the thumb. Everybody will laugh. Oh, yeah. It'll be a great time. <laughs> right? So that's all going to happen. That's not what... This is the panic meter. The panic meter is if you can't behind the scenes... And in front of the scenes. If you can't figure this out in the next two months, this might be it. That's it. No more yeah. big three. No, no more, more parades. No, well, I don't know about that, but everything we've come to know would, would be different. I very much right now with what, I, with what I see, this is not based on any conversation behind the scenes, but with what's in front of us, is starting to feel like there will, there will be plenty of people within the organization that are like, it's just time. Right. There's an end point that seems closer than ever. Uh, one more before we get back to Niners-Eagles. Yeah. Uh, James Wiseman will be traded. Mm. Yes or no? You think that's probably yes. more? You think that's a yes? yes. Wow, okay. It should be. I mean, well, yeah. And I it wonder if be. that's also interrelated with the with the Bob Myers. And a lot, a lot of things we won't yet know. And it feels to me like... The James Wiseman journey came from an area above Bob Myers. And so maybe if Bob decides he doesn't want to be here, maybe that signals James Wiseman to, gets to be here. Yeah, gets to stay. I don't know. A lot yeah, of fascinating things, though. But uh, It's just a lot, yeah, man. I mean, when it's a you, lot. I mean, th- anytime, anytime in life, not just the Warriors, when you get this kind of a fishbowl, okay, when you like, right, we're, we're at a point now where we don't even need to use last names. Oh, it's Steph, Clay, Dre, Bob, Steve, Joe. Like, all, all I got to do, this is such an iconic thing. Moses. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy the G League. Anyway. Dante. Yeah, Dante. Although you need his last Let's name. Let's use his just last name and not his first. Exactly. Not <laughs> even Jen. So. Um, when, when it gets like this, man, I mean, it's just, there's, I sort of feel like in the end, there usually ends up being too much money, too much attention, too much celebrity. Too much ego. Too much ego. Yeah. And and maybe we shouldn't say it like that because if it does end this year, that's not necess- like that's not the end of the world. Like at a certain point. No, it's not. Stand up, give the whole thing its standing ovation, be amazed, and then let's see what happens next. We're getting there sooner rather than later, no matter yeah. what. I think that's but, what that last parade felt like to me. That parade down Market Street felt like uh, not that they all were saying, hey, we'll never win again, but that parade felt different than the ones in Oakland. That felt like, I agree. that one felt like we're celebrating everything about what we've done. Four titles in eight years. It's a dynasty, no matter how you want to slice it. Team of the decade in the tens, and they're still going in the twenties. And if it does end this year, I'm with you, Mark. You can all, as Warriors fans, you can be upset or sad, but you take a step back. And it's wow. Right. It's an absolute wow from where we've all been to where we are. And even if it means another 20 or 30 years of irrelevance, if we go back to the days of Brian Winters and Dave Cowens and just (laughs) being complete garbage, we at least had what we had. Uh, We'll we'll talk about this forever. I know, forever. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it forever. And and so maybe we're early to the party to to talk about it now. But yeah, it's, it's that big. And it's one of the reasons the... Gosh, I mean, the Tom Brady's of the world, I guess the Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan for sure, even though he had his last dance and it went a different direction. It's amazing because those guys have a competitive drive that's at such a level that they have consistently said, I'm not going to let all this other stuff stop me from continuing to play and continuing to win. Tom Brady would take less money. I don't see any Warriors stepping up and doing that. I haven't seen Draymond go, oh, no, the most important thing is keeping this together. So you go ahead and give me a pay cut. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. So, Well, Steph did in that contract. Sure. He, four years and 44 he probably could have gotten more. But, but that was ankle-related. There was, was a reason. Yeah. There was a reason he for had it. chronic, lousy ankle, yeah. CLA. So I just, to me, there's so much money. There's so much time, personalities, large, uh, ego, everything that you just said there. Um, it's hard to keep all that. I will say copacetic. this, though, Mark. If Bob Myers decides that he doesn't want to be GM here anymore... And he goes and GMs somewhere else immediately, that'll hurt. 
And I don't begrudge Bob for making that decision no, I agree. at all. But if Bob doesn't re-sign to be the GM of the Warriors, and then he goes and GMs Atlanta or LA, yeah, Phoenix, whatever, fill in the blank, that one will hurt. That, I agree. Because if he wants to step away, retire, spend time with family, all those things, that would feel better than if he went somewhere else. Well, when, when you have a dynasty, you get to know the people so well. You get to know the characters so well that they do. You, most of you, I'm sure, have never met Bob. And, but it feels like family. Right. You feel like you know Steph, you know Dre, you know Clay, you know Bob, you know Steve. You know them all. And so if one of them leaves your family to go join another family. Right. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. And I do know Bob, and I don't know Bob well enough to where, hey, Dibs, come on over for poker night, but... Oh, we were just, there last week. It's fun. Hey, yeah, I would imagine you. you've yeah. been there. Yeah. <laughs> as much as you name drop. Yeah. You probably brought Ephraim Salam and, you know, Rich Hornberger. Me and the <laughs> yeah. boys are going That'll, get, that'll give me the door with the Warriors. Look, yes. I, got, I got two big guys who played offensive line in San Diego. <laughs> Can I come in? Yeah, exactly. Salam and Hornberger right. along with Willard. <laughs> But, you know, Bob would be, the, you know, because he's so good for what we do. So great. He's the like, best. In terms of what we do, though, it's like when you interview him, it feels like you're talking to your best friend. Totally. Totally. Makes anyway. you feel at ease. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, yeah, let's get back to Niners and Eagles. Back and, to the Niners. Uh, we got mad props coming up in about 15 minutes. We're rocking and rolling toward the NFC Championship game. Your expectations, your perspectives. Where is the pressure? We started that conversation at the start of the show, and I just feel like we're sort of doing this game a disservice if we go with, well, the pressure's on the Eagles for all of the traditional reasons. They were the one seed. They are the home team. Uh, they've got a potential MVP candidate. They're the favorite. If we use all of those thoughts, to me, we're just missing some of the bigger picture. And I I can just only speak for me as a Niner fan. I'm not going into this game with that kind of a mentality. I, I am not sitting down on Sunday like, boy, be great if we win. But if we lose, great season, boys. That was really awesome with Brock Purdy and everything. And, and maybe I'll get there eventually. But that's just not where my mind's at. Like, this is your third trip to the NFC title game in four years. You have got to bust through. you got to be the Kool-Aid man in this damn season. You have got to bust through and get the ring. Yeah, it'd be great. But, you know, you are underdogs and you are on the road against the number one seed. So there's no shame in losing this football game where... You're an underdog, and you do have your third-string quarterback. I know he's now your first-string quarterback, but the guy's only played seven games in the regular year as a starter, and he's never been in this spot. I know Jalen Hurts hasn't either, but he's the home team. And I think about the pressure of Philadelphia in terms of their city, their area, and the lack of success that they've had. Out here, 49er fans, yes. If you're only a 49er fan and you don't give a rip about the Warriors' run or the Giants' three and five years or the A's back in the 70s and the 80s, if you only focus on the Niners, then yeah, you're thinking, I want my team to get a championship. But I think Philadelphia, in a greater sense, as a sports city, has been so deprived of titles. Yeah. You've gotten four titles in the past 43 years. Right, but think about how that feels, what you just said to the 49ers. Yeah. They don't give a rip that the Warriors are a dynasty and that the San exactly. Francisco Giants had one 10 years ago. They don't care. In fact, no, it makes 10 it, years it, ago. It, wow. Yeah, it makes it, well, the middle of it was, but yeah, it makes it worse. It makes it worse in some ways for the 49ers. They're sitting there going, yeah, the Giants won three and the Warriors won four. And we won in 1994. Cool. You've been to two Super Bowls. Look, you know, I'm a big fan of this era, this coaching staff. Every piece of it to me, I think the 49ers have got the right people in place and make really, really good decisions. It's an awesome organization right now. But there's been a party going on for a decade here in the Bay Area. And the Warriors, a celebration the to Warriors, last throughout the year. Thank you. Thank you. Shout right? out to Ace. Thank you. Yes, in the making as we speak. And the 49ers have not been invited through the front door yet. Somebody's got to invite them in. Oh, they've been at the party, but they've been asked to leave. Yeah, they're not. A couple times. I mean, uh, they Dolphin. They haven't been the life of the party. Not, not yet. Dolphin in South City. Uh, hey, Dolphin, you're on with, uh, thank you. Uh, you're on with Willard and Dibs. What are you doing? Oh, me? It's an actual Dolphin. I'm doing, I'm, I'm chilling. 
You're chilling, but but your phone actually sounds like a dolphin. Well, it sounds like he's jackhammering right now. Uh, yeah, that, or or he has a little kid next to him spitting. Give him a raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> a zerbit. Right? Type of thing. One of those. So, anyway. That's a good effort, dolphin. Yeah. Maybe maybe don't name yourself after a team that the 49ers beat this year. Well, the last time the Niners did win the Super Bowl was at the home of the Dolphin. It was uh, Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami. Yep. January 29th, 1995. It will be 28 years to the day. To the day. On Sunday that they won the Super Bowl. Man. Um, 888-957-957. We're going to go back to your calls here in a second. However, not breaking news, but a development... A breaking development per oh Ian Rappaport. Rap sheet. Rap sheet says. Got to trust the sheet. D'Amico Ryans has emerged as a top candidate for the Texans oh, job. No, he hasn't. Per Ian Rappaport. Mutual interest with the Texans. And he could be their next head coach. Don't do it. I mean, that's my first thought, too. Don't do it, D'Amico. Do not go work for that man. Do not go work for the uh, McNair family. Don't do it. Don't do it. And they're the worst team in football. And the owner has shown a propensity toward treating coaches of color in a terrible way. Mm -hmm. Back-to-back one-and-dones and also an organization that has had difficulty with racism in other areas and other quarters. Uh, An organization that ostensibly enabled Deshaun Watson in many ways to commit the atrocities that he is alleged well, to have committed. Here's the thing, though. Um, I think we forget sometimes the significance of this. Do you remember D'Amico's playing career? Do you remember where he played? In Houston. Yeah. Yeah. For five seasons. And so I wonder. I wonder if he, he's like, I know all about that organization. I know all about that ownership group. Been there, done that, played for it. Feels okay with it. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I have the, the the very first thought is because I keep hearing that Denver wants him. Wouldn't you go even with Russell Wilson's shoddy play this year? Wouldn't you rather go to that oh, organization, try to resurrect Russell Wilson, rather than go to a quarterbackless, racist NFL team? Absolutely. Even though it's going home, because as you mentioned, yeah. he played there. He was a great Texan, and he does know the organization and he knows the area, but. And I can't put myself in D'Amico's shoes in terms of, you know, what he thinks of the back-to-back, one-and-done firings of coaches of color that have taken place in Houston. Lovey Smith goes in there for one year, and, you know, they didn't have a great year, but he went out there and won and cost him a draft pick and lost his gig. It just doesn't feel to me to be the most stable environment to go into. Then again, what kind of a raise would he get from being well, a coordinator to right, being a head coach? Right. You want to be a head coach. You want to get your shot. And uh, if you want to do it in a place that you know well, I, uh, listen, I'm not going to begrudge the guy. I'm not going to be necessarily even surprised. Yeah, what's up, Spadone? Well, if you're D'Amico Ryans, would you rather coach in the AFC South or the AFC West? Fair like point. Like Herbert, fair, fair Mahomes. Point. Like, you have to deal with maybe Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson for a little while. Other than that... Titans look like they're in shambles, and then who knows with the Colts what they're going to do. Yeah, kind of shambles also. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair way of looking at it because, again, you do you get judged real fast, and, uh, and, and so you need to be in a spot. I mean, if you only need to win nine games to make the playoffs, that's a little different than needing to win 13 and, and somehow battle Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, yeah, I get that. I'll just share this. I won't say his name. Former African-American... NFL player who played for the Texans back in uh, the era where Obama first became president. Now, Bob McNair has now passed away. He was the owner. His son has taken over. But that day, the day after election day, when Barack Obama was elected, and forget your politics and forget mine. That's not what this is about. It's 2008. Right. So Obama gets elected. And Bob McNair, this is a story of a lack of awareness, which honestly is what racism usually is. It's a stunning lack of awareness of people and things that are going on around you. Bob McNair walks into the locker room of the Houston Texans and says, all right, team, come on over. I want to dress everybody. And all Bob thinks about is everybody in this room makes a lot of money. 
So he gathers everybody around. Obama has won the presidency. And he says, guys, I just want to let you know it's going to be okay. Um, we are going to get through this. This is an unfortunate happening that has just taken place. But, right, we're here for each other. Man. And I don't worry. It's, it, it's going to be okay. He's talking to a room that is, I don't know the percentage, but I'm going to call it maybe 80-something yeah. percent black men. And this is what went through that man's brain, and he felt he needed to go do the next morning. You want to go work for that guy? I yeah, want to yeah. go work for that guy. Yeah, and he, that guy is not around anymore, and I, I know that his son is trying to do things differently but you is know, he? well, he's fired two black coaches yes, in back-to-back -back years. I'm just, you know, the reports I've read in terms of him trying to distance himself from the ways of the past. But you're right; the proof is in the pudding in terms of what he has done with black head coaches. But that's a that's an absolutely stunningly tone deaf so vignette. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we I, I love D'Amico Ryan's. Like, I, I actually, in this moment, I think less about the 49ers losing their, their young, hotshot defensive coordinator, um, and I think more about his future as a head coach. I want it to go well. I really like D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, he's been great. It's just, man, like every, everything about him. It's always, to me, an interesting topic in terms of, and put the Houston Texans situation aside, but you're a very successful coordinator on a very successful team, and you want to make that jump. How do you make that jump and make it a successful one? You look at Mike McDaniel in, in Miami, looks like he hit the ground running, and they're going to be a good team. That looks to be like a smart move. Even Robert Sala with the New York Jets. He went to the Jets, and you know they faded this year, and they still have a lot of question marks, but he's got a really good defense. That looks like it's a good fit. Where would D'Amico go to where he can have that same level of success Pretty much right away. Yeah, I don't know. And and maybe Spadone's right. Maybe Denver's not it. When you look around at the division, that's true. Like, Mahomes is going to run that show for, uh, I don't know, at least another five to seven years, you would think. Um, let's go to Malik in Oakland here with Willard and Dibbs. Malik, uh, thanks for calling. What are you doing? How, how you guys doing? I'm a fan of the show. I listen all the time. But, uh, uh, Dibbs, you are tripping when you said there is no shame in coming in second. Come on, man. They, them guys are going out there to win the game. That's it. That's all. Ain't nobody going to be on the sideline clapping like, hey, guys, we part we uh, we competed. We participated. Hey, let's clap it up. We're we, we going to do it again next year. Nah, man. You're going to win. Ain't nobody trying to get trophies for second place. And I don't want the fans to feel like, you know, we get, we get a, a bad rep out here in the Bay Area if you're being casual fans and just happy to participate. Man, we going to win. Hopefully we bring that win back. But come on, bitch. Ain't no, uh, there's no shame in coming in second place. It's a whole lot of shame. Because we don't know what'll happen next year. Guys will tear their Achilles, Achilles break a leg, quarters, quarterbacks go down. It's a whole lot of things happen. We'll never see it again. So we going out there to win. There is shame in coming in second. And we are not trying to come in second. I love the show and I'm still listening. Thank you, Malik. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm not saying that everyone's going to throw a parade for coming in second in the NFC. You're going to somebody's going to lose. Three of these four teams are going to end their year with a loss. And so, when you look at it from the reality of what happens in the NFL, 31 of 32 don't win the Super Bowl. And it doesn't mean that you're proud and you're happy about it. Of course, you're going out there to win. But if you lose and you lose a competitive, tough game on the road. You're not just going to come back and, and fire everyone and gut the organization. No, I don't think anyone's saying that. I, I'm, I'm just, not saying that, yeah, right. second place, let's throw a parade. No I, one's saying that. I just also think, for me, where this conversation often ends up is people go, oh, you're on your third quarterback and he's Mr. Irrelevant. I think that story's over. It's over now because he won the gig. Jimmy Garoppolo could get re-signed and Trey Lance could be gifted a new leg tomorrow and neither one of them gets the job. So therefore, we can, at a certain point, very soon, if not already, we got to stop with the whole like, well, this is cute, and he's a seventh rounder, and so it's okay if he doesn't. No, that's your guy. So if that's your guy, you're telling us you can win the whole thing with that guy, and we're here. He's played eight games. He's won them all. So 
I, I, I've sort of, that was my point about getting to January. You can get to January 29th, well, then, then you can win any of these. And it's another opportunity that I promise you the organization is not taking lightly. Because you can't assume that in the next few years are going to go well. Of even course. Though, even though it feels like right now that they, that they will. I think, though, when you look back on a conference championship game loss and you look back at the season in totality, it's okay to look back and say, we had a good year. You don't have to be ashamed of making it to January sure. 29th and losing this game. By the way, uh, we've got uh, a development from the Rocky statue, uh, the D.I. Birds blog. I see a Niner t-shirt Uh-oh. on the Rocky statue Uh-oh. from about 4 this morning. Man, so, uh, Shasky's flight went fast. <laughs> He's right. The he Rocky did get a good upgrade. has been adorned. It's not exactly a jersey, but it's a Niner t-shirt, a t-shirt. on the great Rocky well, Balboa someone's statue. Someone's like, I'm not putting a jersey on. Those things cost 150 bucks. How about a t-shirt? Yeah. There you go. And how funny is it that the most iconic part of your city is a movie character? It's a movie. <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie character. Seriously. One of the great movie characters of all time, but that's your iconic, like, I mean, even better than the Liberty Bell. Like, what if we had a statue of Robert De Niro as the fan over by the Giants Stadium, and people were like, I'm going to go put a Dodger jersey on De Niro, and we were, like, all offended. <laughs> right. That's oh, my God. Hey, <laughs> put it on De Niro? Um, all right. Uh, Football Friday is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80 percent off retail prices exclusively at zenny.com also willard and dibs sponsored by bud light more of your phone calls and mad props right around the corner on willard and dibs this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.